So let me ask you a question. Um, what kind of sports do you like? Uh, is there any? Because I, I know you, you do. You're, you're playing uh, volleyball, is it, or was it? I, I know. No, don't get easy, easy, easy. One at a time. Give me some sports. Oh, what? Gaga ball? Basketball? Baseball? Hey, there she is. Hi, okay. You, yo, who said that? You don't want to see me. You don't want to see me. All right, who else? Oh, football. Okay, all right. All right. It's a rowdy group he got here. All right, now listen. Listen up. Listen up. Okay? So... My experience and my background for many, many years has been boxing. I don't do it as much as I used to do it as far as training. I have one uh, undefeated professional with us today, and I'm going to bring him down later and, and introduce you to him because we're going to have a little competition. That's later. Hold on, hold on, hold on. But here's the, here's the deal. Here's the deal. Many championships of the world, I had an opportunity to, to travel around the world, and, and I was a cut man. And so if you came in back to the corner, my responsibility is to close up your cut and to get you back in a fight so you can defend your title. So I got about 35, 40 minutes, if that. So I'm going to, I want this imagery in your mind that you are my fighters. And there's girls here and there's guys. And I'm going to be your coach. I'm going to be your trainer. And we're going to just open the word and we're going to see what happens. How's that? Can we do that? And then at the very end of the teaching, I'm going to have a guy and a gal, uh, and you, you guys will pick who it is, and then I'm going to show you something interesting. So let's bow our hearts. Father, we're grateful for this opportunity to open your word. Uh, we thank you, Lord, so much that uh, by the power of your Holy Spirit, Lord, you do awesome wonders with our lives. You transform us from the inside out. You give us hope when there's no hope. And so this... This afternoon, Lord, I just ask that you would move me aside. Lord, have your way in the hearts of each person here. We love you in Christ's name. We all say amen. amen. John 15, 4 and 5. Verse 4 and Abide in me, and I in you. As the branch cannot bear fruit of itself unless it abides in a vine, neither can you unless you abide in me. I am the vine, and you are the branches. He who abides in me, and I in him, bears much fruit. For without me, you can do nothing. Every one of you, I'm sure, have at some point in your life thought of something that you would like to become. Maybe it's law enforcement. Maybe you want to be a member of the SWAT team or a federal marshal or an FBI agent. That's the cream of the crop. Or maybe you want to be a, a fire person, a firefighter, EMT a paramedic, maybe it's the medical field, to be a nurse, to be a doctor, 
or anything to do with helping somebody get well. How about the educational system? Maybe there's some teachers, future teachers in the house, or a professor. You see, it's only a matter of time, guys, before you'll be finishing school. And then what's next? It's interesting, uh, 27 years ago, I gave my life to Christ. And I remember sitting in the front. I, I, I have attended Calvary as Joe as my pastor for, for 12 solid years. But I remember coming in a broken man, broken guy. No plan, no nothing. And now my daughter, who just graduated from four years of college, went to school here for 12 years. And I was just thinking, man, I'm old enough to be your grandpa. Man, I don't know where that came from, but that's amazing. So it's, listen, you guys have something going on between 14 and 18, from what I understand. Maybe you want to be a construction worker. You never know. Carpenter, electrician, they make good money. How about an airline mechanic or a car mechanic? Maybe it's a missionary. Maybe some of you guys are going to be called to the mission fields of America. I say that because America needs more missionaries now than ever before. Ever before. We have cities that are just crazy. They're nuts. They need Christ. And they need missionaries badly to, to go inside and immerse themselves in there. Maybe it's a missionary. Or maybe it's a pastor. Maybe there's somebody, you young bucks here, are going to be, want to be a pastor. Maybe you feel like you're called to that. Or maybe there's somebody, you ladies are going to be called to be a pastor's wife. You never know. Or maybe you're going to be an, a professional athlete. Like Tyler in the back, who's 7-0 with five knockouts. You never know what God's going to put on your plate. You see, the list is endless. And every one of you have a wonderful opportunity to choose the, the career path that you desire to bring you success all the days of your life. But let me ask you a question. My question to you is, how much are you willing to let Jesus in as he guides you? How much? Or are you just going to do it on your own? Because you can try that, but I, my prayer is that as we complete these two verses, you're going to realize that you can't do nothing on your own. Ain't happening. Now, I'm not mean, I'm, 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 I'm your coach, so we gotta, we, I'm getting you ready for a battle here. So he says this, Abide in me. Now, the word abide simply means to remain, to stay. Christ has to stay within you. Christ, by the power of the Holy Spirit, you has, to be, has to be everything to you. You have a path. You have a path to follow. And if you go in it alone... You're going, to, you're going to hit a brick wall, and you're going to be completely distracted. So let me hear this. I want to ask you a question. I'm going to ask you a couple questions, but let me get this question out of the way. Without everybody hollering, let's do it orderly. Tell me what a distraction is. Give me a distraction. Quickly. What's that? Video games? Okay, another person. What is a distraction? What is it? TV? Okay. What do you got there? Sports? Anything else? Come on, call it out. No. 
Let me tell you something, bro. I right, hold up, hold up. Don't don't high five them yet. You got issues. I'm gonna talk to you afterwards. But the truth of the matter is, there you go, girls. Yay! But the, listen. But the truth of the matter is, here's a major distraction. It's about six to ten hours a day on social media outlets. Abide means to be dialed in and to be completely focused on God's directions and his promises for your life. God's promises are real, man. You know, I remember like it was yesterday. Look, I'm 63. Proud of it. You know, thank you, Lord, that you gave me 63 years of life. But, Lord, I wish that I would listen to the Mr. Green Jeans, I called him. When I was about, you know, 53 years ago, Mr. and Mrs. Green Jeans would come into Kensington, and they would grab me and my friends, and we would walk, they would walk us into a, into a room in a YWCA, and they would sit us down, and I would spit spitballs at them because they were teaching us Bible studies. And they were singing Kumbaya, my Lord, and we're laughing hysterically at them. Crazy, isn't it, how I would be that way? And that's just how I was. I'm just being straight up with you. It's called real talk in the hood. I wish I had listened, you see. Because I probably wouldn't have wound up in prison for many years, which I did. Several years in the federal penitentiary is no joke. You learn a lot. But if I had listened to him and he told me, listen, you need to abide you need to abide in Christ because he has a purpose and a plan for your life. If I had listened, and I know he probably said it, but for some reason, I wasn't listening. I would have never gone down the wrong road. You see, it's a choice you have to make. Many of the most powerful preachers and teachers of God's words started very young in their teen years. When I think about George Mueller, he was incorrigible at the age of 14. Now, you may not know these folks, but let me just tell you what they did. They started young. And he led thousands and thousands and thousands of people to the Lord. Never asked a man for anything. He petitioned God 55,000 times. And guess what happened? 55,000 times God honored that request. Hudson Taylor, my man. Hudson Taylor from England. Went, he had a burden for China. Went into China. His heart was broken because he felt as though that a million people were dying every month without knowing Christ. And he had such a burden for the Chinese people. But for the first two years, nobody was listening to him. And somebody made a suggestion. said, yo, bro, listen, maybe you didn't say that, but well, maybe you can do this. Maybe you can, why don't you dress up like a China, China, somebody from China, cut your hair, grow a little long beard, and put a, China, a Chinese hat on, see what happens. Guess what? It was, the, it was the right thing to do because they were flocking to him. He learned the, he learned the language. This all happened at your age and up. He was, he was, just, he was just, just convinced. I love what he says. Taylor, Hudson Taylor says this. He quotes, I quote him, God's work, uh, God's work done in God's way will never lack God's supplies. Charles Spurgeon quoted by more pastors in today's uh, uh, time than any other uh, pre preacher. Started when he was young. Amazing man of God. D.L. Moody, love him, Chicago guy, started when he was 16, 17 years old, led thousands and thousands and thousands and thousands of people to the Lord, started when he was your age. Still to this day, there, there's a college at Moody Institute. 
I love what he says. If God is your partner, make your plans big. D.L. Moody, I like that. How about Amy Carmichael? 15 years old, she was burdened for India. She spent 55 years in India and never furloughed. Her heart was so, you know, entrenched in embracing the people there. She was called to that, that mission field. 85% of the people who become Christians come, become Christians at the age between 4 and 14. And the older you become, it dwindles. It gets worse and worse and worse. So the older you are, the more difficult it's going to be for you to come to know Christ in a personal way. To abide in Jesus is a choice that you're going to have to, to make. You have to choose your lane. We often say down at the rock, stay in your lane, keep it moving. Because if you don't, things are going to happen down there. Constant gunfights, constant. We walk outside our door and it's a walking dead, people. People are getting shot left and right. People are ODing left and right. And let me tell you something. Down there 19 years, and this, I am not bragging. I am humbled. I would never be there if it wasn't for God. And he's sustaining all the missionaries down there. You have to have Christ in your life. You have to be empowered by the Holy Spirit. Because if you're not, you're going to fail. You're going to fail. You see, I tell the kids, you want to live a life on Broadway? Go ahead. Go ahead, because what does the word of God say? Let me tell you what it says. It says, enter by the narrow gate, for wide is the gate, and broad is the way that leads to destruction, and there are many who go into it. So I tell guys, you want to live on Broadway? Go ahead. You want to go out and get high? You want to have sex before marriage? You want to just, just give your life to the enemy? Go ahead, and let me know how you make out, bro, or sister. Because let me tell you something. You know, back in the day, I can do more now than I did back in the day and have fun and, and, and lay, put my head down on the pillow and sleep really sound at night. We can't abide in something that we don't know or believe in. One of the very first things, folks, young men and women, that you must do, you must acknowledge who your God is. There's millions of gods, millions of them. You've got to identify who it is. December 31st, 1995, at 8.30 at night, I gave my life to Christ on the telephone. Broken. Had no idea what God would do in my life. Had no idea. I had, I was, I was, I had no idea. But you see, you got to understand, you got to take this personal. Christ came into the world, not the, not the lounge on the lounge chair at the beach. He came in the world to give you hope, to transform your life from the inside out. And I know I'm going to, let me assume that you're all saved here. Let me assume you've all made a profession of faith. Um, that's my prayer. But if there's one person here, that's who I'm talking to you. If you haven't, you need to do it. You need to do it. You need to get your life right with Christ. He died on the cross for your sins. Scripture says that all have sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. Every one of us has sinned. The wages of sin is death, but the gift of eternal life is only through Christ. It's only through Christ. There's power in that. It's a game changer when a young person, your age, surrenders their life completely to the Lord. There's power. There's confidence. Listen, you have an uphill battle right now. This world that we live in is off the chart crazy. People don't know he, she, him, her. The woke movie is, is doing their thing, and the cancel culture is doing their thing. 
Well, I often say, Christ woke me up 27 years ago, and he canceled every sin, past, present, future, that I've ever did in my life. That's what I'm talking about. And I'm not making, I'm not making fun of anybody. I'm just, I'm just stating a fact. There's freedom when you're living in the truth. Freedom when you're living in the truth. Proverbs 22, 6 says it, and this is for you. You know, uh, uh, you know, he says, train up a child the way they should go. When they, grow, when they grow old, they will not depart from it. It's not training them up in sports and football, hockey. It's training you up in the word. It's to know the word of God. It's to know the word of God. I say this to you, you know, I say this to you with passion and compassion. You must, you must abide in Christ. You must do that. We have a fight on our hands. I'm, listen, uh, you know, we're in the hood you know, and I can't even explain it to you. And I know we have a couple rock kids here. You could talk to them. It's, it's like a third world country. But I'm energized by it. Kids on the block, let me tell you something. Let me tell you something. Kids on the block making between 500 and 1,000 a day. Guess how old they are? They start at 12 years old. Do you know what, how old a kid is when they start taking drugs? They start taking drugs, booting drugs in their arm when they're 12 years old. Do you know what's the number one segue into, into hard drugs and heroin and all that? Marijuana. I think in nine states right now, we have legal, it's legalized. You guys, you young guys, have to say no. You have to say no. You have to be on the right road, that narrow road. Because you have so many distractions out there that's going to mess you up. You're sitting here, this is called CPAC. Now, if I understand it correctly, Monday, uh, there's a meeting here. And in fact, uh, 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 Timmy is a pastor, a pastor here. Me and him and I grew up together. It's filled with addicts. My prayer is not one of you guys ever, ever go to that meeting. That's my prayer. My prayer is never that I will never see a woman here or a girl here on the avenue prostituting themselves. My prayer is I never see any of you young bucks down in the hood, ever. That's my prayer. And that's my hope. He says, abide in me, and look at this, and I in you. And as I look at these words, after abide in me, the very voice of God tells us, it says, listen, that, that he'll live in us. Do you, can you feel that? that he'll live in us. That is so powerful, so powerful. And he becomes our filter, a filter you must have. A filter is something that removes impurities in your life. That's Christ. Many of our police officers suffer with suicide. Many of our nurses in the medical field suffer, suffer with drunkenness. Addiction abounds, and even in the medical field. You see, because I like to say that they don't have a filter. The filter is Christ. If I didn't have Christ in my life, if all the missionaries and the assistant pastors at the Rock didn't have Christ in their life, we would be a basket case right now because my eyes and your eyes are not trained to see what we see absent from Christ. He's our protector, our provider. He's our encourager. I, I'm going to tell you, we have 60 book, uh, 66 books in the Bible, 39 in the old, and 27 in the new. Can I tell you what? Do you guys have mentors? Raise your hand if you have a mentor. Not many? Come on, put your hands up. I mean, okay, you got a few of you. Put your hands down. 
I'm going to introduce you to 40 mentors in the Bible. 40 mentors. I, we go in battle a lot. You know what? My, one of my mentors is David. I'm up against something. Guess what I'm going to do? I want to read what David has to say. I want to immerse myself in God's word and, 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 and know what he says. If, if I'm struggling with courage, if you're struggling with, with, you want to be courageous, guess what? Go to Daniel. How about my man Daniel as a young buck? How about him? How about the courage that he had? They wanted, they, they, they wanted them to eat the, their food. No, I'm not eating their food. You can't pray. Who said I can't pray? I'm praying. You can put me in a lion's den. I don't care. I'm going to survive because my God's bigger than your God. Am I right? So anytime that you have a problem, please think of the 40 authors as your mentors. Go to Jeremiah if you're, if you're feeling like, you know, you know you're, you're depressed. Grab scripture in Jeremiah because, you see, your friends are not always around. How about Ruth, her loyalty and her trust, and Esther, the book of Esther. She was faithful and she was an encourager. These are all at your fingertips in the word of God. And it goes on to say, as the branch cannot bear fruit of itself unless it abides in the vine. You see, if the vine is not solid, it's not watered, if it's not trimmed, if it's not pruned, what's going to happen? What will happen? Who said that? Amen. Do we agree? All in favor say aye. aye. The eyes have it. It'll die. It'll die. It will never grow fruit. Ever. If a tree does not have the proper nutrients, guess what will happen? What will happen? It'll die. The elements will overtake it. Because the foundation is weak, it's frail, it's fragile, it's delicate. That's exactly how a person will live out their entire life without Christ. You see, if your foundation in Christ is weak, so will all of your relationships be weak. If your foundation is weak, let me tell you something. You guys want to get married? Your marriage will be weak. If your foundation is weak and you are a mom, you're going to be weak. You're not going to be able to give in proper instructions to your children because it won't be based on truth. It'll be based on emotions, feelings, and Dr. Phil and Oprah Winfrey. If they're, I don't even know if they're still around, you know. But that's my point. Your house will be out of order if Christ is not your foundation. Now, if you allow Christ into your life, you must nurture it and contribute to keeping your foundation strong. So let me ask you a question. How do you do that? One at a time. How do you do that? Shoot. Okay. Anybody else? How do you, how, how do you, go ahead. Prayer? Anybody else? Oh, man, that is amazing. That is amazing. That is amazing what you said. You know what? That's exactly what I was going to say because that's what I do. Five, I say five, five, and five. Five minutes in the word, 
five minutes in prayer and five minutes in fellowship. If you now fellowship is somebody say, well, how am I going to go to fellowship? I got to go to church. Well, dude, you are the church. That's right. You don't have to go to a building to have fellowship. Call somebody on the phone. Talk about Jesus. Talk about him in school. Talk about Jesus. That's good fellowship. Five, five, and five. Because you know what will happen if you don't? Come on, you can help me. You have a water, brother. You have a water. I'll drink it. You use water, whatever you got. What is it? You'll, go, you'll grow weak in the Lord. Okay. Would you agree with that? Yeah, you're shaking your head like, yeah, yeah, you will grow weak in the Lord. Do you know why you're going to grow weak? Because listen here, what does 1 Peter 5, 8 say? Be sober. You hear me? Be vigilant because your adversary, the devil, walks around like a roaring lion seeking who he can devour. And it says, uh, the first part of verse 9, it says, resist him and be steadfast in your faith. You have to feed your faith and you'll starve your doubts. Now, I'm talking to you like athletes getting ready. You just got finished the first round of boxing. You're sitting down, and the guy's giving you a problem. Now, girls, you all right with that? Yeah. All right, meta metaphorically, I'm doing it. You know what I mean? You're sitting down. Now, you got you. Come on now. Get your hands up. You see, when you feed your faith, you will starve your doubts. The book of John, the book of John was written about 55 years after Christ ascended to heaven. He was a young buck. John was the youngest of the apostles. It's believed that he was a teenager when he walked with Christ. Great, oh, thank you, brother. Thank you, man. Great mentor to have. So let me just give you some verses that I personally like, and I know you've heard of them. And if you heard them, you can join me. I use the New King James Version. John 3, 3, most assuredly, I say to you, unless one is born again, he cannot see the kingdom of God. John 3, 16, we all know that, right? Raise your hand if you know it. Somebody, sell, somebody tell me, what is it? Beautiful. How about John 3, 30? Anybody have it? Nice and loud. He must what? Yes, John 14, 6. Jesus said to him, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one goes to the Father except through me. You see, as the branch cannot bear fruit of itself unless it abides in the vine, neither can you unless you abide in me. Now, this is no joke. John is telling us that you can attempt to find success in life without Christ, but it will be fruitless. There's no hope. There's no hope. You know, you know I have people come to me all the time. You know, we just recently had the uh, governor come over and the mayor was stopping. And, and they say to me, well, what's going on? There's no hope. And I say, you know what? Your Honor, sir, I hear what you're saying, but we are dealers now. We deal hope on the block. We deal hope, hope in Christ. We deal it, man. You see, unless you abide in Christ and choose to live a life that is empowered by the Holy Spirit, 
it'll be pointless and you'll be unsuccessful in your life. Do you agree with me? Please, man, I'm telling you, I, 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 I want you to, to get this. And I, I know that, you know, uh, I'm praying that you get it. And then he says this. I love this in verse 5. We're going to do this the last verse. He says this. He says, I, look at, the, look at this. He says, I'm the vine. The very first thought that comes in my mind with these first three, you know, four words here, it, it, to me, it's safety. Like, I feel safe with Christ, man. I feel like he has, he has me. He, he has my back. It's like he's saying, I got you. There's nothing that Christ won't do for anyone who puts their trust in him. Trust me. Now, when things get a little difficult as a Christian, let me just tell you this. The Bible tells us it will. James says, you know, but count your trials as joy. Here's what I love. I love what it says in Matthew 11. For if you're here and you're a Christian and you're a believer in Christ and you've committed your life to Christ and you're going through it and things are heavy, he says this, come to me all you who, are lab- who, who labor and are heavy laden, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn from me, for I am lowly and gentle of heart. You will find rest for your souls, for my yoke is easy and my burden is light. So whenever I come up against it, there's a death, there's somebody shot, cold-blooded, there's somebody overdosed, there's all these heavy things that, that seem to come my way, and many of the missionaries and the other pastors at the rock, I go to that verse, come to me, rest, buddy. And he's talking to all of us as Christians. It's open for you too. Go to him. You don't need to go to the medicine cabinet. You don't need to go smoke a blunt. You don't, you don't need to do anything that's going to cause harm to your life. You go to Jesus. Because he says, I am the vine and you are the branches. And he who abides in me and I in him bears much fruit. And so God's word is telling us that in Christ, all things are possible. When we abide, which means to stay, remain in Christ. Regardless of how difficult it may become, he's going to get you through it. He is going to get you through it. And he says this, for without me, listen for without me, you can do nothing. Do you see how serious that is? I don't know about you, but that hit me the last couple of days. I'm like, wow, let me look at that again. I just kind of went over that one. This is like, whew. For without me, buddy Osborne, you can do nothing. You need to say that with your name right in front of it. You see, the word nothing means not a thing. You look it up. Not a single thing it means. Not anything. Nothing at all. Nil. Zero. You can do nothing apart from him. Abide in me. Remain. Stay in him. He says, because I am the vine and you are the branches. He who abides in me and I in him bears much fruit. And I close with this. Tozer says this. He says, always, everywhere, God is present, and always he seeks to discover himself to each one of you. You see, you will never regret living for Jesus when you abide in him.